This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. out there tracy is staring into oblivion i thought she was gonna say something else but then she didn't i was trying to think of something clever but you know this is what uh quarantining is all about it is yeah are you washing your hands are you using hand sanitizer we're actually sitting six feet from each other no we're not no we're not but we've been quarantined in the same house forever and we're not going anywhere so i think we're okay so far yeah, I, I don't know. We'll find out. The future will tell. Yeah, only time will tell. That's right. But you know what? To pass the time, I think you need more things to pass your time, like the MFG cast, and that's what we're here yeah, for. Yeah, besides reading all the social media about this crap. Oh my gosh, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I just want to have fun and play games. Yep, it's burning me out. Yeah. So, so oh, sorry. Oh, no, Speaking on. of burning us out, you know, we spent all this money on finishing our basement and... What did we do this weekend? Laid around and did nothing much. <laughs> We're awesome. But you know, honestly, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And um, But we did incorporate games anyway. We did. And we, you ask, how did how, we incorporate how games? How did we do that? When we sat on our butts? Yeah, how do you do that? We did something a little bit different this weekend. Yeah, we did digital board games. Yeah, yeah. baby. So what did we play recently? Well, I found the Chameleon board game digitally and i uh, installed that app on my phone and so i was playing that by myself and then i convinced the guys to play that um with me so kurt put it on his phone logan put it on the ipad and off we went and in fact we played for so long that i think probably hours i maybe probably and then it was lunchtime so that was fun. If you've ever played the board game The Chameleon by Big Potato Games. Yeah. So how do you play The Chameleon? Well, with The Chameleon, it I believe, I've never played the board game, but I would imagine that it's very similar where you get a title card that is topical. And the topic could be movies or something of that sort. And the card is filled with a dip, all these different movies on it. And they could range from superhero movies to comedies to dramas to action movies, anything like that. And then um, one person is selected as the chameleon. And the chameleon, as you know, chameleons have to change or adapt to their surroundings. And if you're selected as a chameleon, you have to pretend you know which one of those movies is selected. So if the movie selected is Iron Man... All the other players are picking one descriptor word to convince everybody else that they are not the chameleon. 
And you're trying to blend in by saying, I got this. I totally am a legit person. And so you're trying to do something that is not too obvious that you have no clue, but not too much of a descriptor if you're not the chameleon to identify yourself either. Did that make sense? Yeah. But the thing is, and I don't know if you did this, so it almost sounded like you said when the other players are doing it, they want to pretend that they're not the chameleon. You want to pretend that you are the chameleon to have people guess you, don't you? You want to pick a word that is, I would say, descriptive enough, but doesn't give it away. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to want to just say necessarily the word fun for something. But you're going to want to go one more step, but you're not going to want to describe something as green or you don't want to go like so far sometimes to give away the answer because then at the very end of the round, once everybody votes to pick who they think the chameleon is based on the clues, then if the chameleon is identified, the chameleon can turn around and pick what they think that word is or what that movie is or what, you know, whatever that may be. And so you don't want to be too obvious so that the chameleon can score points on what the clues were. Yeah. So how does the chameleon get away then? The chameleon gets away if somebody else votes for, or if all the players vote for somebody else that, if you had a good enough clue as a chameleon, Mm -hmm. and somebody else votes for a legit person that is a true player in that round, or they get away too, don't they, if they actually are picked as a chameleon, but then they guess the appropriate word. Yeah, correct. So we played for hours. Logan thought it was super fun. He thought the chat feature on the bottom of that game was awesome. We kept having to tell him to knock it off. But that was a free app. I don't know if it's always free or if it's just free now for people for a certain time period. But you should check that out. It was pretty fun. We actually thought, well, this would be a fun game to actually buy as a board game to be able to play with our families. Mm -hmm. What was the other app that we played? Yeah, One of the other apps that we got to play, which... We put a lot of time into Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I actually saw online on one of the Facebook groups, I think it was like the Board Game Spotlight Facebook group. If If you're not a part of it, you should join it. It's a great group of people. We were able to get Takedo for free for a limited time. I think that FunForge did it because of the what's going on in these times right now and they kind of cut the price and I, I think it was cheap anyway it was only like two bucks for the app so oh but we were able to play Takedo and this game is one of my favorite games I haven't played it you know the board game for a long time now but having the app was is super fun like the animation's really cool the characters are awesome the path the path that it leads you on is awesome being able to like this app is really streamlined the only the only negative i have on the app is that sometimes if you want to play online with other people sometimes it, the servers are down but that's just a i think a everyone's probably trying to play kind of that's thing. what i was gonna say it yeah. could be just because they're very busy but the app is just amazingly fun i anybody that likes the Takedo board game or is interested in it i recommend you get it it's just a lot of fun we played it forever like a super long time well and what's cool about it is you can play it online or offline which is pretty standard for most games that you're playing on an electronic device but what was cool about being able to play it online is that you can add friends and so Kurt and I added each other 
And then we were able to either add other people that were playing online or AIs Mm -hmm. to play with us so that we could add additional people. So what was nice about it is that typically we play this game as a two-player game. If we play it at our house at an actual table Mm -hmm. with the actual board game, and we were able to get the feel of it as a three-player game, um, quite a bit as a four-player game, as a five-player game, and boy, it amps it up and adds a lot of different challenges. Yeah, it does. You have to think about all the spots you're going into because in the two and three, even the three-player game, most of the spots where you can go to except for the inns where you get the meals are only spots where one player can go. So you really have to decide, okay, do I want more coins here? Am I going to want more uh, souvenirs? To collect those, you know, am I going to want, you know, depending upon your character's special ability, are you going to want to go to the temple more to donate coins to get more points that way? You know, it's just everything about this game is super fun. And be able, like Tracy said, be able to play those. And like and then you get in the four and the five player games, there's a couple of spots where you get one or two spots. And even in the two spots or the two areas where you can go, you're thinking, OK, well, maybe I'll have a chance to go there. But. Because how the game is set up, whoever's behind, everyone else always gets to go first in the next turn. So if you go too far ahead, you may have a lot of people taking turns, kind of, you know, vying for these other spots while you're left in the dust. Right. Or if you're at the, if you're at a two-player spot, and so there's two spots, but you take the first slot, you have to wait until... The person behind goes ahead, and the person on top goes, and then you can go. So you kind of have to plan out your um, trek along this trail before you can... You really have to think about it. Yeah, you really do. And I think for some reason... I think I always thought about it in the board game, too. Mm-hmm. But I think I've thought about it way more mm-hmm. on this. And then I get mad at people. <laughs> and, well, they were mostly AIs when you and I were playing, but... Mm-hmm. We'd get mad, and the only beef I had with it besides the servers going down is that I wish there were more different characters we could have picked, but it's probably because we played it so much that it seemed like we always had to play with the same characters, Yeah. but then you learned, I guess you learned how to play with them more. Yeah, definitely. But because we have the expansions for the board game, we have a huge stack of players we can pick from, too, so maybe that's where we get a little bit spoiled. Yeah, so maybe in the future, maybe they'll add some more characters or something as an add-on. Like, I wouldn't even mind paying, you know, a couple of bucks for, you know, getting more characters. more characters and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. So, yeah, so definitely go out there and, and give that a shot if that's something that piques your interest because it's free right now. Absolutely. Do it. And then something as a little aside, you were able to download Evolution on your phone and oh, kind of yeah. try that out. So, what did you thing about that is your first impression that you haven't even played the board game yet. So you kind of had to learn on the fly on the, on the app. Um, I have not played the board game, so I did not know enough about this. I, I don't know how much I can speak on this because I don't know enough about it. I actually stopped playing the game because I was frustrated, not because it didn't look good or anything like that, but because the person I was playing against in the, I don't know if it was still the tutorial or not, was just annihilating my dinosaurs because they were a carnivore. 
And I couldn't figure out how to enhance mine because I finally got carnivore cards to create these guys. But then it was telling me, I don't know, I, I need to learn patience and sit and learn and figure it out some more. But that looks great too. And that's also free. Right now, I don't know if it's all the time or if it's just now. But I don't really want to speak to that more. But I'd like to play that against you if that's a possibility. What else did I play? I played one more thing. Oh, and then I played um, Mancala, which is that old old game. We actually have this game. I think, well, maybe we got rid of it now. But I learned, I feel like I learned a little bit more about playing Mancala than I had before when we had the traditional game. This is the one where you have the board that's kind of elongated with the little dips in the board and some colored marbles that you, not marbles, colored those gems that go around and you try to get the most gems on your side. And if you finish um, in your tray, then you get another turn. But I don't remember if you finish on your side and the player on the other side has stuff, has gems on their side, you take theirs too. That's how this game is played. And I thought that was interesting. I couldn't stop playing it last night Hmm. for some reason. That is also free if you're into something a little bit different. That was fun for a little bit of a different thing. But otherwise, I think that's all that I have been playing on my phone besides like stupid games that I can't stop playing for some reason. (laughs) Nice. Welcome to my world. Yeah. I won't stop. Yeah. So getting a little... Get a little bit of digital stuff to play or whatever. That's really fun to kind of just relax and kind of take it easy in these kind of weird times and stuff like that. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, on to the real stuff. Yeah. So, we're here to review Dragon Market by Blue Orange Games. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about who, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about who who made it and times and stuff like that. And if you don't mind explaining what it's about. Sure. All right. Awesome. So... This is made by Marco Tebner. Twibner? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sure I don't have that right. Tubner? I'm glad he picked it. Yeah. I'm glad he picked this part. I did too. Uh, and then art by Tomek Larek. Boy, I love that name. That sounds like a D&D name. My name is Tomek Larek. That does sound like a D&D name. It does. It does. It's awesome. It is for seven, uh, for ages seven up, two to four players, and 45 minutes. So, Logan, or Logan, so, Kurt. Hi. Why don't you introduce, or give us an introduction to Dragon Market first. Princess Sue is the princess of Dragon's Bay. I'm going to stop for a minute. Why do you have the same voice every single time? Because that's my dramatic voice. Okay. Duh. Okay. Princess Sue. No. Princess Sue is the princess of Dragon's Bay. Of what? Dragon's Bay. <laughs> and her wedding is this weekend. For this occasion, you have sent your heir on a quest for gifts for the princess. This is quite a fun adventure for him. Running and jumping from boat to boat to collect all the best treasures from under the nose of other families' heirs. There you go. Wow. I'm in shock. Yeah. You started sounding French. Did I? Yeah, oui, oui. I am French. I love this So, as French guy Kurt read, the object of the game is for you to collect merchandise that's pictured 
on on an objective card, and then you have to return back to your pontoon to keep your item safe. And the first player to complete two objective cards wins. Unless you're playing the variant where in the variant, which we'll talk about a little bit later, you're actually going to do three objective cards. Ooh. Yes. So, Dragon Market. How do we play it? So, first we have to set it up because you can't play it until you set it up, right? Yeah, definitely. So, what I thought was really cool about this game was it has your board, looks like water, really nice bright blue board, and it has these really cool um, boats. And they have different, what are these guys called again? They're sailors. Oh, sailors, that's right. They have different sailors attached to them. And I mean attached because they're like... Um, they're actually they're, fixed, affixed to the boats. Yeah, they're affixed to the boats. The boats are three by three squares, kind of. They're not squares because they're in the shape of a boat. But some sailors can be on the right side. Some can be on the left side, depending on how you're holding them. Some sailors can be in the middle. Um, and that will determine how you can move them throughout the play. And then you have your heirs, which are your guys, that depending on your number of players, they sit in the corner of each of the game boards for you to start off on your pontoon. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing two players, then you want to play on the opposite ends of the board. Um, Opposite corners, yeah. Oh, yeah, corners and... It says says corners. Okay, sorry. I was thinking corners, but I was thinking... Yeah, Yeah, no worries. Opposite corners of the board for a play. And then what you do is you take turns back and forth placing these bo- uh, placing these boats on the board randomly. And they're going to be covering this game board, which is divided into kind of like a grid. Yeah, it's a, grid, it's a grid of water, basically, because the dragon market is these boats in the water, and you're just hopping from boat to boat, grabbing all these merchandise and stuff like that. Yep, and then one of the... Contents of the game are merchandise tokens that Kurt had described at the very beginning, or gifts that you have to deliver to the princess. And they have pictures of certain things on them. So it could be a dog. It could be some, like a necklace. It could be a... Like a Buddha statue. Yeah. Or a frog. Yeah. Because princesses love frogs. Well, she's going to kiss it, and then her prince <laughs> delivered. See? True. So, but then, isn't she getting married? Isn't that the yeah? That, then voila, her prince, right? That's her wedding this weekend. So you're gonna have an, another prince with that? No, with then the frog? He, boom, he appears. Yeah, but she's having the wedding. That's why you're bringing this virgin. I don't know. <laughs> Two she, princes to maybe marry. Maybe they're maybe they're twins. <laughs> maybe. So anyway, you're gonna take these these gifts or this these merchandise tokens, and you're going to basically put them together. You're gonna match them up. So. There's going to be two of each. So there's going to be two dogs, two frogs, two chickens. I think there's chickens. Um, there's a whole bunch of different ones. And you're going to take them and you're going to uh, randomly place them on these boats. Um, so throughout the game, your goal is to collect these gifts based on your objective card so that you can return to your pontoon and bring them to the princess for her wedding. Definitely. Okay. So um, based on your number of players you're going to receive coins. Mm-hmm. And the symbol or the reason for the coins is to be able to help you with additional moves throughout the game. Mm-hmm. 
First player gets zero coins. Second player would get one coin. The third player gets two coins. The fourth player gets three coins. And then what you do is you start the game. But what you're going to do prior to starting the game is you have a stack of blue objective cards. And on the objective cards are pictures of these merchandise or um, gifts that you're going to be collecting for the princess. Yeah. And what you're going to do is you're going to shuffle them face down, put them in a pile, and then you're going to... I need to read this, though, because I think we only get one, don't we? Yep. One is dealt face up to each player. And then... So the difference of these cards is that each player knows what the other player is going to be collecting for the princess. Yep. And each player... Uh, or each objective card has four merchandise things on them. Yep, and they can be scattered throughout the entire water water that you're... Yeah, the board. Basically. The board, the yeah. board. Honestly, I never really paid attention to what anyone else was trying to collect. <laughs> because I was always focused on what I was collecting. Yeah. But basically, um, in the game, the player who collects every object on one of the cards returns it to the pontoon... Does it again, returns to the pontoon, wins the game. But you're probably wondering how they do that. Yeah, how do we do that? Okay. So what they're going to do is they're going to kind of look around the board to see where the objects are that they need to collect. Mm -hmm. And they take their air, which is their guy on their pontoon that sits in the corner, and they have to basically maneuver him around the board to collect um, these items. Towards the beginning, I talked about how the boats have sailors that are could be on the left side of the boat, could be on the right side of the boat, could be on the middle of the boat, and you can't just skip over the sailors. They're basically an obstacle that are in your way. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to try to move your air to a boat, and you want to move them around. So if it means you take the sailor and you use it to pivot, basically, yeah. hopefully... Yeah, so like if... Everyone understands what pivoting means. Yeah, well, if you don't mind, I can describe it in more detail. So when you're doing your... You're using your boats, so pivoting is... You're pivoting at 90 degrees. So let's say you have your... You have a boat that has a sailor in the middle of the boat, and it's going... It's it's going up and down. Uh, is that horizontally? Vertically. Vertically. It's going vertically. I, I can never remember those no, things. No, that's okay. So I had to think about it for yeah, a minute. Yeah, say it's going vertically. So then what you would do is you would actually take your hand on that sailor and spin it 90 degrees, and that's a move for that. But with the, you got to have to keep this in mind. If there are other boats or pontoons or the edge of the board in the way, you can't do that. They're not pontoons. Yep, the pontoon, No. The boats, the pontoons, oh, the pontoon which are where the, the guys start. Yep. Thank you. Okay. And then the water's edge, basically, because that's the end of the board. You can't do that. Yeah. Okay? And then say you've got one of the sailors on either the left or the right side. You're basically taking taking that and you're, again, moving at 90 degrees. So this is more of a swing because you've got it swinging the whole end of the boat. So you have to know how you're doing your 90 degrees and then doing it that way. And then also you can do moves, but what uh, what Tracy forgot to or forgot to put in what we were talking about is that 
how you get those move actions is you actually roll dragon dice. Yes, sorry. So I was thinking about that as you were talking. Yeah, no worries. So as you're rolling your dragon dice, you can get anywhere from six to eight dragons. And then those are your moves for the game. And then... Or actions, I'm sorry. Including and, moves. Yep. And then I talked about um, how we distributed coins based on what number player you were also. And those can be used to increase your number of actions during your turn also up to two. Yep, correct. And if you don't use all of your actions in a turn, you can collect coins to um, use for later also, which yeah. is really nice. It's cool because, like... Sorry to interrupt, but, like, if you do five moves and you decide not to take the other three moves, you can take coins if they're still there. The only caveat is you can only do up to two moves with those coins per turn. So you can keep hoarding coins if you want to, but you can only do a maximum of two extra moves during your turn. So then, so it sounds weird when we're explaining it about the pivoting and stuff, but you kind of have to think about it if you're actually physically driving a boat or... A car or anything like that. If something's in front of you and you have to swing it, can you make it to not crash into something else? Mm -hmm. You have to think of it that way. But the nice part about it is, is when you go to move it, you also, when you go to move it, you also can tell whether you're going to be hitting something else. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing about this game is it, on the board, there's 10 bolts total. So you're almost doing it like a like moving chess pieces on a chessboard because you have to. Oh, another thing we we left out too is you can actually move your boats in a straight line going north and south and east and west. And as, that's just one move. And one move, yeah. But you can move it along the path as far as you want, and that's one full move. But like, there's just there's just so much to do because it's like you know one part you're. You think you've got you this other boat moved out of your way, and then you're trying to move this pivot that boat so you can get over this way, and you're like, oh crap, I just totally blocked myself. Or if you prep yourself for your next turn, it doesn't even matter because you've got two or three other people that have taken their turns and they've totally moved the boats. Definitely. So planning your moves isn't gonna always be the best thing because somebody's gonna always sneak in, potentially move your boat away from what you're trying to acquire or um, move you away from your pontoon when you're just about ready to win. It really depends mm -hmm. on how that works. Like we talked about, the first player to complete two of those objective cards, the objective cards containing the merchandise or the gifts that you want to collect for the princess, the first person to finish those and return to their pontoon, which is in the corner of the board, wins the game immediately. Do, do, do. Yes, and then that's what happens in that Final is, Fantasy when someone wins. And yeah, only true nerds are gonna understand that. Yes, mm -hmm. there is also an advanced variation which we really, really liked. I did tell tell the tell the people about it. Shall I'm we? going to awesome. So Dragon Market also offers for a different um, set of objective cards. So in a traditional game, they offer the blue, ver blue, the blue objective cards, which when they're handed out to the players are always face up. But in the variation, the red objective cards are always handed in the amount of two per player. And then each player decides secretly which one they'd like to keep. 
And the difference in this variation is that the objects they need to collect are on the top of the card, but they also add the variation of a reward for you once you collect those um, gifts for nice. the princess. Cool. So what are some of those boons that you get for completing your objective card? Yep. Once you complete your objective, some of the bonuses could be given to you once per turn after that, or they could happen immediately. So a couple examples would be, you know, earlier we talked about not kind of being stuck. The sailors are those the things that are on the boat. So on the right of the boat, on the right on the boat, on the left of the boat, in the middle of the boat, there's one objective card where you can actually move over the sailor yeah, once per the, turn. Because they're actually affixed to the boat, like we talked about. So you can't move the sailors. So it's cool that you can actually, you know, hop across them or whatever. Yep, you can move over them. There's another one once per turn where you can actually swap the positions of another player on the same boat. Mm-hmm. Where right now, you can't share a space with the same player. So this is a nice feature. Kind of might screw up the other player too. So there's that one. You cannot move diagonally in this game. So there is a card where if you collect all of the merchandise and the objects and return back to your pontoon, once per turn you can actually move your air diagonally. Yeah, instead of orthonologically. <laughs> Don't ask that. me to say that because yeah. I can't say yeah. it. One of my one of my favorite ones was I could instead of using the sailor's pivot point being where it's at at the end of the boat, you could actually do the opposite end. Just kind of put your finger on it and then pivot the boat ninety degrees that way. I think that one was cool. And I had one that was boat related too, like that, which I thought was really cool. Where it was. I can rotate the boat 180 degrees even if there are things that are blocking it. So I basically pick it up and I turn it in the air and then place it back on the board. That's cool. I like that. And the sailor turns in its original position. So I thought that one was cool also. there's a, I mean, obviously we only picked a few of them. There is a whole page dedicated just to the objective card bonuses for the variant, yeah, which looks, I think is really fantastic. Yeah, a quick quick count for me. It looks like there's 14 in total. So Whoa. That. I'm going to see if you're right. 4, 8, 12. Oh, my God. Nope, you're wrong. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Boom! He, he was counting the entire time I was talking, I'm sure. <laughs> So the difference between the red objective cards and the blue objective cards, so for this variant would be that with a two and a three player game, you actually complete three objectives instead of two objectives. And with the blue, like the blue objective cards, the traditional game, you always do the two objective cards. Mm -hmm. For a four-player game, they do add a team variation for four players where you actually play in teams of two. We did not have the opportunity to play that, but it looks like you play it in teams of two and you decide what which objectives to complete and then each team only has one objective at a time to complete and you just work as a team to collect coins. Any air from the same team can return to the pontoon to deliver all the merchandise required on the card, regardless of who collected it. And to win, a player must actually complete four objectives. But if you're playing the advanced version, only one of the two players is allowed to use the power of the cards in each turn. 
So yeah, so that's, that's the game. Yeah, so that's pretty much how you play Dragon Market. I can talk about what I thought about it first. Sure. I've kind of had my eye on this game for a while. In fact, I've had my eye on this game since Gen Con um, last year. Mm-hmm. We never got a chance to actually try it there because no. somebody was always playing it. Uh huh. But I also never knew what it was about. Yeah. So I like it because it has like nice, bright, brilliant colors. It's something that is similar to chess, I guess, but it's not. Um, and I don't. I'm not really a chess player, so it was different enough to to give that variety. And I I liked it for the strategy. I'm very much a plan ahead, plot out my moves and that kind of thing. So I mean, there was a lot of that, except for the fact if somebody moved your boat and or moved a boat. And that kind of thing. I really, I liked it. It was a real nice thinking game. And I really liked the the variation of it. Yeah, I like the variation too. I I always like games like this because it, it kind of reminds me of chess. It's like, you know, you're trying to move your pieces and jockey your way to, you know, take the most advantageous turns and stuff like that. And this one's hard, especially if you play more players because it's just... They're moving boats, you're moving boats. Like, even if your guy, even if your heir is on a boat, people can move your boat, <laughs> which sucks because they can kind of... Yeah, it's not like you command it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like when we played this, whether it was me or you or me, you and Logan, like, we didn't do a lot of blocking, which I think probably would have been more advantageous for us to, you know block the other people from winning, but, like, I feel like everybody was just more focused on trying to get their stuff and get into their pontoons other than trying to make it more difficult for the other players. The components are awesome. Like, the boats are cool. I love the the shiny gold hats on the sailors, and I love all the the colors of the components, and the gameplay is solid. You'd think with all these boats it would just be a complete traffic jam and kind of frustrating it can be at times but like it really works itself out oh i know what i was gonna say i think what's interesting is to watch somebody else struggle to get well that sounded mean to watch somebody else struggle to return their last um objects to the princess you mean logan (laughs) well no we've all done it Yeah, yeah yeah to go how do i get my guy Back to my pontoon to deliver my objects or my items. And everyone, it's so obvious to them except for the person that's playing it. Mm -hmm. Like, you just need to move this boat like this and then like this. And everyone sees it except for the person that's making their moves. And, I mean, that happened when we were playing. And I think Logan was five moves in. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't figure this out. (laughs) And we're like. God, you could have done it like two moves. Yeah, which is funny because he he had a great strategy of getting those, getting the merchandise, but then getting his boat back to that pontoon for some reason. It just, Every time you could see the smoke coming out of his ears, it was just like, how do I do it? You know? I know. And both, and meanwhile, me and you were looking across from each other, going, "Why is this so hard for him?" Yeah. But again, it was hard for us too when it was our turn. So yeah, it's just it's interesting to see how that all shapes out. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I like that it it does the mix-up of the advanced version, too, where you can do the variation instead of just having the blue cards and no special abilities. Like, I think the 
variation with the red cards and the special abilities like takes it to a whole nother level and you know you've got so many cards that you can you can heck you also get the choice of grabbing what you want too and be like okay is this gonna work out for me more and then you know maybe eventually i can get another objective card to have that help me out well and i think what's nice about it too is the fact that if you have somebody that you're playing with that is one to watch what other people have and how what they have to collect, then in the uh, variation, they can't see what you're collecting. So that makes a difference too. Whereas like we didn't care about it when we were playing like the traditional version of it at all because we were I think we were so focused on what we needed to get and where we needed to go and how we needed to make it happen. Yeah. And if you're playing with somebody who can who can multitask and look at this is what I need and this is what Kurt needs and this is what so and so needs and this is what the other person needs and I can block them and I can get my thing. Man, I would be top notch if I could do that. But yeah. I don't I mean that that would take some mastery skills, mm. I think, to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's rate this game. We have our rating scale. So we have the Collection Keeper. It's one of those we want to play every single day. We love it so much. Let's play, play, play. We also have the Fair Player. It's not going to be the one we're going to want to play every single time, but we're going to get a lot of play time out of it. So maybe every other. You have your Overlooked, where you, know, you might not play it that much, but every once in a while we're going to pull it out and you know play it because we like it and then there's the unfortunate passer it's going to be something that we just don't really care about so, so oh good i was going to say so what do you think uh so i i was surprised about this game when we first started playing it i didn't know if i'd quite like it i think the variation really kicks it up a notch the chess game of trying to move the boats and pivot and stuff like that and trying to get as many moves and using the coins like it really it really is a well-thought-out game, and Blue Orange always seems to do a really good job of hitting it out of the park. I don't think I've played a game yet that I've disliked or maybe even, like, thought, eh, maybe I won't really get that much out of it. Right. You know? So, yeah. Kudos to them for making it another great game. Uh, so I think I would call it a fair player. I don't think I'd call it a collection keeper, per se, because I'm not going to want to play this every single day. But if someone wants to play it, heck yeah. I'll play it. You know, I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. So, what do you think, Tracy? Good thoughts. I would say fair player also. I think it has enough bones to be something that we would certainly keep at the forefront to be a filler game. Well, actually, a little bit more than a filler game, but to be one where we want something just a little bit different. I think it has the backbone to be able to provide a little bit of a different type of feel for a game and to fill in pieces when you want to have something a little bit different in between games or you have a little bit more time after you finish another game or before a game or something like that. Like you said, I don't think Blue Orange disappoints on their games and it shows in our collection. And again, I'm really excited that we have this to be able to keep. And really excited that we were able to review it. And I think they did a really great job. I just don't, I don't think that we're going to necessarily play it all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it will hit our table more often than I think. Yeah. Or more often than not. Yeah. Very cool. 
Yeah, so thank you to Blue Orange Games for supplying a review copy for us to play. And thank you guys for listening. So until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Take care. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.